that was read earlier in the second book of Corinthians and the fourth chapter. The fourth chapter, and you're hearing, I just want to read just a portion of that again, just for our reaffirmation of God's word. Second Corinthians 4.11, and from the King James Version, it says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we, as we have received, we faint not. Three things this morning. One is, we have. The second is, we preach. Yes. And the third is, we are. Yes. That's good. Thinking from the subject, we end this thing together. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your power and for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come to the house of worship today. Bless your word. Bless us, Lord. Take us a little higher for your purpose and for your glory on today, Lord. We know that all things are well with thee, but, Lord, we know that you will be here with us and for us today. And now, God, as we preach your word, give us anointing power that makes preaching easy. To thy glorification in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in this thing together. In a society where people are doing their own thing, and sometimes in the pretense of Christianity, the church, unfortunately, sits back and just look and don't get involved. And some church members and church people tend to say that we will understand it better by and by. Instead of being proactive and taking some kind of action toward making some kind of resolution to the situation, we stand back with our arms folded and our heads down and don't get involved. I am aware that the fact this church, indeed, of course, as you already know, have a great missionary ministry within this body. I cannot say that Good Hope Baptist Church falls in a situation where they are not going out, touching and reaching other people. But the reality is that Good Hope, from what I understand this morning, is reaching out and touching people. we got to remember also on this day, brothers and sisters, as Paul taught us, that as we go out and we prepare, that we've got to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And, oh, yes, don't fool yourself. The devil is still busy, and he's working around. But I want to tell you this morning before I sit down, I want you to tell the devil that you're going to take back everything that he's stolen from you. You know, he's a thief, and the Bible says the devil comes nothing but to steal, rob, and to kill. He is a thief, so the thief, you better know the thief when he comes. So this morning, I want you to, on this pastor's covenant day and church covenant day, tell the devil that I'm going to take back my freedom. I'm going to take back my self-respect. I'm going to take back my wife. I'm going to take back my husband. I'm going to take back my child. I'm going to take back my freedom. I'm going to take back my joy because the Lord has given me the joy that I have. The Bible says that the Lord is the joy of my strength. And I'm glad that the Lord is the joy of my strength. On this text this morning, remember, church, we are in this thing together. Paul said simply in the second, in the fourth chapter of the Corinthian text, he said that we are. In other words, we are in this together. First of all, Paul said, we have this ministry. Now, one thing I want you to understand, that this ministry that Paul said that we have, this ministry, belongs not just to the pastor, but it belongs to the people as well under the leadership and guidance of the Holy Ghost. It is said that together we stand, but divided we shall fall. Pastor and people standing together as one, 
together as one to the glorification of the Lord. So in this text, therefore, seeing that we have this ministry as we have received it, we think not. Paul said that we have the ministry, and the ministry functions in different ways. People have different gifts. They have different talents. They have different uh, administrations, if you will. The text said that, that he's called us some to be pastors and apostles. He's called us with different and varying gifts. So, but the point is, brothers and sisters, this morning, something that you already know that Paul reinforces for us this morning, is that we have this ministry. In other words, you can't point it off on nobody else. Because if you're following God and you're doing what he wants you to do, you can't say, I'm not going to do it because sister so-and-so is not doing it. I'm not going to do it because brother so-and-so is doing it. I'm not going to do it because deacon so-and-so is not doing it. You better think about what the Lord has done for you. And if God has given you a ministry, you ought to be working that ministry in conjunction with your pastor. We have, we have this ministry. And ministry is about serving. Ministry is not about position. It's not about status. It's not about who I am, the big, the big, the big, the big I and the little you. But ministry is about service. I know you know that good hope this morning, but I stopped by this morning upon the invitation of your pastor to remind you that this is indeed ministry that belongs to you. We have this ministry. It has been my experience in the church over the years that sometimes people think that they are not empowered by the Holy Spirit to do ministry. But you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do ministry. And we know that without the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that can be done in a Christian church. In a Christian church without the Holy Ghost. And so this morning, Paul wants us to know that we're in this thing together. I love the fact that you've coined the opportunity this morning to say, covenant day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a covenant day. Yeah, the pastor the leader, but you know, the pastor is not much without the people. All right. A, sh- a shepherd must have sheep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> if you got no sheep, how can you be a shepherd? Huh? And you got to have, so have some sheep that follow you. And so this morning, I want to say to you that, that indeed, that, 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 that ministry that you, you have, I reaffirm it. Yes, sir. Apparently in Corinth, in Corinth, the church there, there was some divisions among the people. All right, yes, yes. And Paul was addressing this situation. Right, right. Because there was a division and Paul said, there's no sense in getting mad at brother so-and-so right. and sister so-and-so. Right, right. He said that the ministry belongs to all of us. All of us. And then he comes along and says that all things all are ours. Not just something, but all things are ours if we believe in the Holy Ghost and if we are following Jesus. Not just some things. And brothers and sisters, morning, if it all things are ours, you got to step up and claim it. And call it how he wants it to be. Oh, thank you, Lord. We have this ministry. And secondly, Paul reminds us this morning, brothers and sisters, that before sometimes when we're in ministry, if you will, there's this thing that Paul, in verse 3, he said that, but he said, correct, in verse 4, he says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. What Paul was addressing in this division is the fact that the God of the small g. If you notice in the King James Version has a small g. And he said that God, that God, small g God, has blinded your eyes because you have disobeyed the God of the big g. The God of the big g. See what happened? A lot of us love to follow the little g God. 
thinking that we are somebody and the little G God start telling you that you are somebody and come to find out that you ain't nothing without God. You are nothing without the big G God. In that text he says, he says, he is blinded. Ah, in other words, we are going after the things of the world because it's appealing to us. It's sparkling to us. It looks good to us. And so as we transition from the fact that we have this ministry, remember that there is a God of the small G and the God of the big G. I don't know about you, but I tend to follow the God of the big G. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The God of Sarah, the God of Deborah, the God of Mary. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm glad this morning that you asked me to stop by and tell you secondly that we preach. Paul said that we preach Jesus. Who he said, he said that this gospel that we preach is not of ourselves, but it belongs to God. Therefore, I'm not preaching and you're not preaching for your own glorification, but the gospel that we preach is about Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. I don't know about your good hope, but I hope you've had a good experience in your relationship with Jesus. Paul said that this gospel that we preach is not for me, it's not for the pastor, it's not for the deacons, but it is for ourselves as servants to Jesus Christ. We preach. And then, and pastor, sometimes people think that the only person that has to preach is the preacher. All right, all right. Tell it, but tell Paul it. says that we preach. Yes, if we are servants, yes, if we have been born again yes, and know the Lord, yes, you don't have to have a degree or letters behind your name to preach. You don't have to be in the pulpit to that's preach. Right, right, right. But I believe Paul was affirmed by the quality of your life your whole life is a sermon by itself. And if you're not preaching through your life and living, something's wrong. So we preach Christ, yes, but that revelation of God must come through you as a witness for him. Do you follow me? Am I making any sense? We, we preach Jesus, Paul was saying to them. We ain't preaching about no man or no, or no woman, but we preach Jesus because what? He went to the cross and died for us. So this morning, I want you to know that we preach Jesus. And I like the fact that he says in the third point this morning, and I'm going to take my seat. The third point he says, not only do we have this ministry and the fact that we preach Jesus by our lives, not degrees now, by how we walk, by what our fruit is, and what kind of disciple we are. He's already said that people will know you by your love if you are my disciple. Yes, and so we've got to have a lot of love through our preaching. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Huh? Talk to me now. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, yeah. we're in this thing together. Yeah. Yes, sir. We have this ministry. Yes, sir. We preach Jesus. Yes, sir. And thirdly, we are treasures. Yeah. Hallelujah. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yeah. Say, we have this treasure. That the excellency of the power of God. Listen now. I love what Paul put that. He says, he said that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power of God might work in us and not of ourselves. 
I like the fact that he helped us to realize that it's not about us. Yeah. It's not anything that we can conform. It's not anything that's that we right. can make up. But it's about how God uses us as an instrument or, or, or vessel for his purpose. And so therefore, Paul said that we have this ministry. We preach Jesus. And we also have this treasure. You know, Brother Preachers, he says, and we faint not. We, in other words, we get tired in the body. We get tired in the spirit. But Paul say, faint not. In other words, keep pushing. Keep allowing the Lord to restore us. And see, that's one thing sometimes, and I may be guilty myself, is that maybe I don't give the Lord enough time to restore me so that I can give back and give more. But the Lord wants us to restore ourselves. Jesus himself, as you remember himself, he would pull away. After he had done some miraculous miracle or done some miraculous thing, he would pull away and go and, and, and pray to the mountain. He'd go by the seaside and pray and pull away. Sometimes we got to pull away and be restored. Oh, Lord. Oh, this vessel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. In other words, God says to me and you this morning that you are a treasure. On this pastor's and coming day here, don't devalue the essence that God has put inside of you. Don't devalue the fact that you have been created in the image of God. And God being fully man and fully God. Think about that now. Divine and human at the same time. Think about that. If God puts is divine and we've been saved by God, then there must be something divine about us. And that comes through the revelation and the transformation of God the Father. It cannot come by man, but it comes through the transformation of God the Father. Do you hear me now? We are that vessel which God has valued. And I know, and you know, especially your pastor and I, come from maybe not the most popular side of the track. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, we come from the side of the track where people say, you ain't never going to be nothing. Your mama and your daddy were nothing, so how we expect you to be something? Uh, uh, that's, how, that's how they talk to us. But look at us now. Uh, oh, look at us now. We are treasures of earthen vessels. That we realize that when our day comes, but while we're here on earth, we realize that one day that this treasure or this earthen vessel we put down, but the treasure that's inside will keep on it. This morning, listen to me. I like to think that this treasure that God values so much is the life of the Holy Spirit. That works inside. I like to think that that treasure. Sometimes that treasure is broken. And cracked. That treasure gets tired. 
That treasure don't mind if people talk about it. But the treasure inside is a treasure of endurance. That treasure can persevere. That treasure can push on. And so this morning, I want you to know that on this covenant day, that you are a treasure in the eyesight of the Lord. I'm glad this morning that I'm a treasure, not the treasure that you have in your bank account, not the treasure that you have in your 401 accounts, not the treasure that you have in your savings account. I'm talking about the treasure that's an eternal a treasure, a treasure that the Lord has made you. And don't you let nobody fool you that you're not a treasure. Because Paul said this morning that we had this treasure in earthen vessels. And I'm glad about it. Ain't he all right? Ain't he good to us? I can't help myself. I'm from South Carolina. I'm glad to tell you today that the Lord have brought us from a mighty long way. There's a story that I want to share with you today that might bring this a little home. It talked about the mishappened clay pots. The story is about a woman who went into a fine jewelry store. She wanted a large, multifaceted, priceless diamond. She told the jeweler just what she wanted. And so the jeweler stepped back into the room. He comes back out to the woman with a plain, a rusty, a mishapping clay pot. He said, the diamond is inside. The woman said, what is this? I can't see no diamond in earthen vessels. I can't see no diamond in this old jar. And your jeweler said, oh yes, you can see the jeweler. The jar was broken. You can see a large crack in it. <laughs> and there was a bit of a hole on one side and a hole on the other side. And the jeweler said, if you hold it up to the light, you can catch a glimpse of the magnificent gem. It was a treasure inside. But that's the way the Lord does us. He holds us up to the light. And when he holds us up to the light, you can see the treasure. Jesus already said, that we are light that sets on a hill and we cannot be hid. I don't know about you, good hope, but I'm glad that I'm a light that sets upon a hill and I cannot be hidden. Remember this morning, we have this ministry. Remember we preach Jesus and remember we are a treasure for the Lord. I'm glad about it. A few days ago, I got a call about a family member who was sick, a friend whose mother was sick, and they didn't know that the doctors would give her up, but they didn't stop praying for them. They didn't stop, they didn't stop sending well wishes, but they realized that God was working on that earthen vessel, and when it was time for that transition, they'll move up on a little higher. I don't know about you, but what the Lord has done for me, I get so excited because he's a good God. If he's all right with you, you ought to stand on your feet and give God some praise this morning.
because he brought you out to the house of worship right here at Good Hope. You know what? At Good Hope. They tell me that there's some good things that happen. And I say to myself, why are there some good things at Good Hope? And it came to my pastor because the Lord is a good God. And since the God is a good God, there's some good things that happen right here at Good Hope. Are you doing some good things for some people who are not without? I'm glad about it. Ain't he all right? We have this ministry. We preach Jesus. Help me, Holy Ghost. And the treasure is inside. Don't devalue it. Because God has made it priceless. Made it priceless. And guess what? If anybody asks you who I am, just tell them I've been redeemed. 